The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Today we ask that you speak to us. Change our lives and let your name be glorified. Honor and glory be given to you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. So, this morning we are pressing further into light. <laughs> and part two is um, subtitled Shine Bright. By the time we are done today, you will shine brighter than you have been shining in Jesus' name. You see, when we looked at um, the armed forces and, and the military, it's interesting that the two analogies, the two descriptions that God uses to describe the Christian is either an athlete or a soldier. So we have a lot to learn by looking at the physical soldiers, you know, on how to um, navigate our work with God. You're a soldier, and so am I. We have different ranks, but only God knows who is the sergeant and who is the corporal and who is the brigadier and who is the colonel. Only God knows who is the captain. You know, sometimes we call some people generals, but God sees them as recruits. Praise God. <laughs> but we are all soldiers nonetheless. Nonetheless, in the final book that Paul wrote, he wrote to um, his spiritual son, Timothy. And Paul, in his final book of the Bible, 2 Timothy, in the final chapter, Paul made a huge statement and said in 2 Timothy 4, 7, says, I have fought a good fight. <sighs> I have finished my race. I have kept the faith. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that by the time you are done on earth, number one, death will not surprise you. Amen. You will be able to say to your children, I am done here. I'm waiting for when they will call me. I mean, you, you see, it, the, the greatest honor of any life is to say confidently, without any guile or hypocrisy, that I have fought the good fight. So there is a fight to fight. There is a fight to fight. I have finished my race. There is a race to run. My race is different from your race. Your race is different from your sister's race. But you have a race. You have a race. It says, I have kept the faith. I have kept the faith. At the moment of your last breath, at the point at which Paul was writing his last letter. He knew that was his last letter. He was saying to his spiritual son, I have done my part. By the time I pray in the name of Jesus that we are done on earth, that you are done on earth, you'll be able to say, I've done my part. You can look at your children and say, you boys, it's up to you now. 
to continue. I am done. Ah. You see, at that point, the most important thing will not be the number of followers you have on Twitter. It will not be the number of likes you have on Instagram. If you had a million followers on Instagram, it would mean nothing at that point. It's not the, 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 the car you drove to church. It's not the, it's the money your bank account will mean nothing. Imagine if Paul had had $3 billion in his bank account. At that point, what will it mean to him? Nothing. So when it's all said and done, the most important thing is that you have done God's will. When it's all said and done, the most important thing that by the grace of God you can stand and say, I have done what they have asked me to do. And you see, before we start looking at the um, end of our lives, what about the end of this year? By the end of this year, would you be able to say, boom, I'm done with 2020. I've done all, there's nothing in me for 2020 anymore. I'm ready for 2021. Many of us could not say that at 2019. I pray you'll be able to say that 2020. By the time this decade of light is over, and this decade will come to pass if Jesus starts, by the time it's 20, we're crossing over to 2030. So we're like, oh, that's true, 2030. Yes, if Jesus tarries. By the time we're crossing over to 2030, will you be able to say, and I pray that you'll be able to say, Concerning the last decade, I have fought a good fight. Concerning the last decade, I have finished my race in that decade. I'm done with all that heaven has for me. You see, because that is the the cumulative effect of those years and those decades that will make you be able to say at the end of your life, I have fought a good fight. You know, but we deceive themselves that it's only when we get to heaven that we know we'll be, we'll be in heaven. You can know. Did Paul sound as if he was confused? No. If you serve God, you know. Yes, God knows who serves him, but if you serve God, you too, you will know. If you are not sure, you need to be sure today. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. In First Corinthians, first. Um, Corinthians, I think chapter 9, yeah, verse 26b. It says, this is how I fight. This is my attitude in fighting. When I tackle a year, this is my attitude. When I tackle a decade, this is my attitude. I fight to win. I am not just shadow boxing. So, so Paul is saying, I'm not just shadow boxing. I'm not wasting my time. I fight to win. When I enter a fight, I have only one attitude. I am going to win. I fight to win. It can be bloody, but I fight to win. It can be tough, but I fight to win. Praise God. I fight to win. I fight to win. The most important thing is one of the things that you know, my mom used to challenge us when we were growing up was the fact that when you write an exam, yes, she would say something like, who came first? Do they have two heads? You know, I've shared that before. But one-to-one, she, she, would, she, would, she would ask me, that Femi, could, did you do your best in that exam? Could there be nothing else you could have done? And most of the time, I couldn't look her in the face and, and say to her, I couldn't have done better. Or I couldn't have studied more. I couldn't. So as I grew up, I made up my mind that even if I don't come first, I want to walk out of any endeavor and say, I've given it my best. I fight to win. And 
It's all about the attitude. If you look at, you know, what Paul was saying here, you know, put it back up, put it back up. That I'm not just shadow boxing. I'm not just shadow boxing. So this year, for your light to shine bright, and your light will shine bright. You see, the truth is, you must win some key battles. For your light to shine bright, you must win some key battles. Yes, Christ, you know, makes us victorious and makes victory available to us. And concerning our lives as Christians, we have two fronts of battle. We have the external battle. Ephesians 6 says to us in verse 12 that we know we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against rulers, principalities, against powers, against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. So we have spiritual warfare that we are fighting that is real. That is real. You know, I have pastor friends from, from the Western world you know, and some of them really don't understand. They are, they are good people, powerful people, great men of God in their own right, you know, and to the glory of God. And, but they don't understand this aspect of spiritual warfare, how real it is. They limit spiritual warfare to one corner. In fact, one of them made, made a joke and, and inspired, and he said that the reason he tells these people to pray in the mornings, that you can pray anytime, actually. The reason he says to have quiet time in the mornings is that why would you put on the whole armor of God and go to bed? But you need to put on the whole armor of God and go out, and he has a point. You need to put on the whole armor of God and go out and win in your business, win in your career, and all that. But he says he doesn't understand why would you put on the whole armor of God and go to bed. I say, come and live in Niger. Let's take you to Ijebu, you know, uh, Bini, you know, <laughs> where they are fly, flying in daytime, you know. Okay, no offense, no offense. You know, so, uh, uh, you heard the testimony of the lady. She was sleeping. Somebody, a force was pressing her down. Do you think it was a figment of her imagination? They don't understand that bit. So, there's external warfare. And this season, this God we do against service season, every victory that Jesus has earmarked for you and I, we will receive in Jesus' name. You know, again, I will encourage you, don't take this season for granted. Don't, not with kid gloves. You can settle a whole lot of things. And it, there are things that Jesus had already settled for us. In Colossians 2, um, it says it clearly that in this way that Jesus disarmed spiritual rulers and authorities, it made an open show of them. So, available to us is victory in Christ Jesus. But as much as we will engage spiritually, we will deploy the forces of heaven, we will overpower every spiritual opposition in the name of Jesus. That are external. We need to realize that we also are fighting internal battles. Internal battles in Romans 7. Romans 7 from 22, it says, I love God's law with all my heart. It says, but there is another power within me that is at war in my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Now, can you see that? I, there's an internal struggle. It says, I have good intentions but I am producing bad actions. So it's a struggle between good intention and bad action. It's internal. For you to shine bright this year, you have to overcome your internal battles. You have to win your internal battles. And again, it's the victory is made available in Christ already. So, we are not going to be fighting to win. We are going to be from a place of, of defeat to victory. We are actually fighting from a place of victory to establish the victory. 
We are holding down our territories. Do I know that Galatians 2.20 already says to us that concerning the internal battles, I am crucified with Christ. If you will receive it, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live by faith. I live by faith in the Son of God who what? Loves me and gave himself for me. So, Pastor, what are you saying? What I'm saying in essence is this. If you are going to have anything worthwhile, you have to fight for it. If you are going to take any territory worthwhile or keep any territory worthwhile, if you are going to have anything, if you are going to get it or keep it, you are going to have, you have to fight for it. Remember we said light combusts. The source of light, the sun is always combusting. Burning. So there's, it's, it's, there's a level of sacrifice that you need to engage. There's a level of conflict that needs to happen for your light to shine. So we, I mean, we could come up with seven or twelve. But we've zeroed them down to three. Three, you could call them shine battles. Battles I must win to shine brighter. These battles, when you win them, the more you win these battles, the brighter your light will shine. Number one, are you ready? And number one is huge. <laughs> it's big. Number one is big. Number one is this. Of the three shine battles, is this. It's the battle between selflessness and selfishness. Has a big battle. It's the battle between selflessness and selfishness. It's this tussle between am I going to live for me or am I going to live for God or am I going to live for others? It's the battle between is my life, I need to enjoy it, I need to maximize my life, or is my life, I need to place it down so that God can be glorified in my life. It is the battle between selflessness and selfishness. What is it going to be? Every time you choose selflessness over selfishness, your light shines brighter. Every time you choose to be selfless over choosing to be selfish, your light does what? Shines brighter. So what am I saying? I'm saying that every time you win the battle over selfishness, your light will actually shine brighter. Selfishness says, what's the need for me? And you know, it's a natural human preservative quality to look out for yourself. And that's okay. But you see, but when it begins to rule your life, you can't make any decision. It has to be you. You cannot make any decision, sometimes, even for your children. You know, we say that I'm not the mother that does not eat. If you speak that language, you know the proverb. <laughs> you know, and we use it to justify being mean to our own. And God is saying to you and I today that the battle between selfishness and Selflessness, you must win. Say amen. amen. James chapter 4, from verse 1 to 2a. It says, do you know where your fights and arguments come from? And many of you say, yes, I know. It comes from my spouse. <laughs> I know where my arguments come from. I, because, no, no, it comes from that, my, my, my colleague. 
comes from that, my brother. That's where my fights and arguments come from. God says no. He says they come from the selfish desires that war within you, inside you. He says then when you don't get what you want, you quarrel and you what? So God is saying that, did you know that the conflict you will have with your family, that conflict actually is from inside you. That's what God is saying. The, the, the conflict you actually have with your wife. The, the conflict is not with your wife. Where is the conflict? The conflict you have with your husband. The conflict is not with your husband. Where is the conflict? It's inside of you. So, so, so you are the problem. Hmm. What a revelation. <laughs> you say, you say, but pastor, what they have a problem too. I, I can tell you their problems. God is saying, if you sort yourself out, there will be no conflict. Sometimes it's tough to chew. It's tough to chew. Please pull up that scripture again. And it's in the Bible. I want you to see it yourself. So it's not pastor that is just trying to, you know, say it's your fault. <laughs> Nobody says it's your fault. He says, the conflicts you have with your, with your siblings, the conflict you have with your boss, the conflict you have with your driver, the conflict you have with your house help. Some people change house help every week. Do you know why? The conflict is not the house help. Where's the conflict? It's inside them. Tell your pastor, I brought another house help. It's okay. Oh, this one is different from the one last week. You know the one last week? Ah, like a witch. <laughs> this one, you know? I laugh. I pray. My job is to pray. I get with you. The more selfish I am, the more self-centered I am, the more impatient I get with you, the more I think you're a fool, the more I think you're not making sense, the more I think you are this and that. <laughs> Someone says, hey, yeah. The more selfish I am. So it's actually a reflection of who I am. Philippians 2, 2 to 3, 3 to 4, sorry, says, Don't be selfish. Instead of being selfish, be what? Be humble. So the solution to selfishness is humility, selflessness. It says, Thinking of others better than yourself. When you walk into a room and you say, Have they noticed? That somebody has entered is you God is talking to. Don't think only about your own affairs, but be interested in others too and what they are doing. So, God is not saying think less of yourself. God is saying think of yourself less. Because false humility tells us to think less of ourselves, to make oh, you are death, you are nothing oh, you know, that's not God, God is not saying you, sh- you need to beat yourself down, no God is saying, in fact to be really humble, you need to stand as tall as you can stand then look at God and see how small you are then you can really be humble so, when we have the selfishness it actually rubs off of our relationship. Like God is saying, you have to be humble. And to be humble is not to batter yourself. It's not. In fact, did you know 
that you are incredibly valuable. How did I know you are incredibly valuable? Look at the cross. The price you pay for something determines the worth of the thing to you. The worth of you to God is the death of Jesus on the cross of Calvary. That is priceless. Praise the name of the Lord. Absolutely spicy. So, as much as you're incredibly valuable, you must also understand that you are deeply flawed. You are deeply flawed. So, we see that the first battle we need to win for us to shine bright is the battle between... Good. Is the battle between selflessness and selfishness. The second battle we need to fight and win for us to shine bright is huge. It's big. And we did say that when you look at your life and all you see is yourself, there's a problem. You need to overcome that. The second one is um, takes it deeper. And that is the battle between. That's the first one. Between forgiveness and bitterness. You know, many times when we struggle with forgiveness, it's actually to our own disadvantage. Why? Because it's a choice to let the person go. You cannot control what people do to you. You can't. But you can control how you respond. You can control how you respond. Now, I, 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 I dare say that forgiveness is different from trusting. Some people say, oh, if you're forgiving me, you must trust me. No. Okay. Um, someone came to your house and stole your deep freezer. They carried it on their head and they ran away with it. <laughs> so, and they come and say, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you not a Christian? Are you not a Christian? Are you not supposed to forgive me? I'm sorry. Forgive me. Some people are like that. They tell you, I'm sorry. Are you, are you not forgiving me? So, are you not a Christian? <laughs> you should even forgive them before they leave the gates with the freezer. As you are carrying the freezer, as you are going, I forgive you. <laughs> but, so the person comes and you say, okay, I'm forgiving you. <clears throat> and the person says, oh, so you are going to church. The person says, yes. So, okay. Hey, hey, me, I want to come for 10 a.m. service. Can you leave your key for me? <laughs> what, what should you say if you have some common sense? What should you say? No. Does that mean you have not forgiven? So, so oh, come on. Why? Can you forgive and not trust? Of course. Forgiveness is giving. Trust is end. <laughs> you forgive. That's why you forgive is given. But trust is end. Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12 says to us. Hebrews 12, 15b. It says, watch out that no bitterness takes root amongst you. You need to watch out. No bitterness takes room amongst you. For as it springs up, it causes deep problems, deep trouble, hurting many in their spiritual work. So God is saying, you are responsible to make sure that you do not become bitter. Not being bitter is your responsibility. Bitterness dulls your shine. That's what God is saying. The more you get bitter, the more you are dulling your shine. But because you must shine your shine this year, you have to learn to forgive and let it go. It's a, it's a decision. Say, but pastor, they don't deserve to be forgiven. But do you deserve freedom? 
do you deserve freedom? Your forgiveness does not set them free. It sets you free. So, when you forgive someone, you become free. So, when you, when you live unforgiveness and you allow bitterness to take root, God says in that scripture, it causes deep trouble. So, a lot of people get all sorts of health problems from bitterness, unforgiveness. Huge. Why? The person has hurt you 20 years ago. Why must you make them hurt you again today? Do you know that you may not be able to stop them from hurting you 20 years ago, but you can stop them from hurting you today by letting them walk away. If you refuse, they will hurt you 20 years ago, they will hurt you today and continue to hurt you. You are the one getting hurt, not them. So let it go. Look at your neighbor and say, let it go, let it go, let it go. Let it go. You know, many times we don't want to. We don't want to. It says, but it causes deep trouble. Some people are stressed out. High blood pressure. All sorts of health problems. Why? Because they cannot, they are hurting themselves. They are hurting. If you hurt yourself spiritually, what, what happens? And the truth is this. That the damage bitterness brings is usually more than the damage the hurt will bring. Bitterness will always do more damage than hurt. Ephesians 4.26 says, if you get angry, don't sin. So getting angry is not a problem. God says you can get angry, but don't sin. So you can, so pastor, I can get angry? Yes. So you go home and say, pastor, yeah, pastor say I can get angry. So, I have a right to get angry. Wait, wait, wait. Let's finish that scripture. By holding it on, never let the sun go down while you're angry. So, you are angry till six o'clock or seven, whenever the sun goes down. If you live your life like that, your life will be free of care. When everybody else is confused and dejected, You'll be filled with joy. When everybody's face is downcast, your face will be radiating light. And sometimes people are jealous and like, why come you're always smiling? Hey, because I forgive and you have chosen not to. I have no root of bitterness in me. You shouldn't have either. Praise the name of the Lord. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. So, anger is not the issue. God, do you know God gets angry? God gets angry. He does. In fact, sometimes anger is a show of love. Huh. Anger is a show of love. If you are married and you are going with your wife and some Someone slaps your wife and you don't take off your shirt. <laughs> if she has some sense, she will know that this man does not love me. She will be the one saying, oh, yeah, don't fight, don't fight, don't fight, don't fight. That's good anger. You have children. put a CCTV in your home and you watch your house uh, slapping your children relentlessly. You, you should get, if you don't get angry, something's wrong with you. Say, Pastor, we are Christians. I'm not angry. No, I'm not angry. I said, oh, God, you should be angry. <laughs> be angry. That is good anger. But God says, don't sin. That's the key thing. Matthew 7, let's go on quickly. Um, says, you will be judged with the same way in the same way that you judge others. And the forgiveness you give to others will be given to you. Whoa. Do you want heaven to be gracious to you? 
If you want everything to bless you, you can shout hallelujah. God says, the degree of heaven's graciousness to you is your degree of your graciousness to other people. You hold the keys. You hold the keys. If you feel that you are not enjoying favor, God says, who have you favored? Who have you favored? Romans 8, 37. Now, brings it home for us on why all these things even should make sense. It's for we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So, how do you become more than a conqueror? A conqueror is somebody that conquers, somebody that wins. So, you win. But, if you are more than a conqueror, it means, for instance, not only do you overcome what is supposed to break you, but because you are submitted to God, God will use what is supposed to break you to make you. Then, you are more than conqueror. Then you are more. Not only should you survive something that's supposed to sink you. God, if you refuse to sink and you survive being sunk, you're a conqueror. But God will use the same thing that wants to sink you to raise you. You are more than a conqueror. The same thing. The same thing. The same thing. Things that want to tear you down. But God will use the same things to build you up. You are more than a conqueror. When you win the battle over bitterness, you empower heaven to work in your favor. So what am I saying? Every time you win the battle over selfishness, one, every time you win the battle over bitterness, two, what happens to your light? Your light actually shines brighter. Your light shines brighter. So, um, number one, battle you have to win. Number two, battle you have to win. Number three, battle you have to win. Of course, you know it's huge already. So, <laughs> and it's super huge. I, I'm serious. It's really huge. <laughs> Number, three. <laughs> Number three is the battle between what is easy and what is right. Every time you win the battle, over what is easy and do what is right, your light shines brighter. The battle between shortcuts and the straight and narrow. Every time you take a shortcut, you dull your shine. Every time you take the straight and narrow, your light shines brighter. Galatians 5 verse 17 says, what your corrupt nature wants is contrary to what your spiritual nature wants. So, it is always a struggle. So, are you tired of, of trying to do what is right? You know that you should discipline your children. Right? But you are too tired. So, you, you let them go. You know that you should get up and pray. But you are too tired. You go the easy way. You change the gear. You know you should join the fast. But you say, ah, it's the beginning of the year now. You know what is right. But you choose what. So how do you overcome that tiredness, if you will? The answer is this. To do what's right instead of what is easy, think of the long-term benefits. Think big picture. 
think big picture. Most of the problems we have in life, they are because of our inabilities to delay our gratification. We don't think, okay, you want to eat that bowl of pounded yam and a goosey soup. You are supposed to be fasting. Think. Long term benefits. If I eat this bowl of pounded yam, what happens? You are fine, you are happy. But if I don't eat it and I fast, what happens? Esau and Jacob. God says, Jacob have I loved. Why? Because it is strategic. It thinks with the end in mind. It makes his decisions based on the preferred future that he wants to see. Esau says, let me eat my food. Now. What's the boss? Why should I stay hungry? Give me the food. Who cares about the battery? Battery is going to happen in only God knows when that is going to die. Who even knows if anybody will be alive there? Let me chop now. I on you. <laughs> that was, I will enjoy today. Who knows tomorrow? That's the problem. So the question for you and I is this, this morning. What is that thing? that I need to do today to get where I want to be tomorrow. What's that thing? What's that thing that I need to do today to get where I want to get tomorrow? Why? Because Galatians 6.9 says to us clearly that let us not be tired of doing what's right. For after a while, it was after a while, after a while, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't get discouraged and give up. It's when you are tired that you need to fight. That's when you need to fight. If we don't get discouraged and give up. So the battle is often between short term and long term. If we don't get discouraged and give up. The battle is usually between shortcuts and paying the price. If you don't get discouraged and give up. If you don't get discouraged and give up. That's where the battle is. So, so my question is if you're like me, you know, thinking about preparing this sermon, I was, you know, thinking, you know, about several instances where I've picked a fight. Have you ever picked a fight? And some of you are gentle, you know, uh, gentle ladies that don't fight. I'm a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> I do the, not the, I even don't know. Okay, don't let me tell you. <laughs> When, when, when last, have you ever picked a fight? Anybody, have, have you ever picked a fight? What, I mean, growing up, I always pick fights. If there's no fight, I'll go and look for fights. I'll pick it, I'll fight. I always look for who has been oppressed. Even back then. So, somebody has, lunchtime, I see a junior boy crying. You know, and I say, Why are you crying? He says, Those boys, they, they took my lunch box. Let's go. <laughs> That's me, classic. There, we'll pull our shirts, I'll beat all of them. I say, Yeah, give him your own. So the boy will right in front of them, we will eat his own, eat their own. I like picking fights back in the day, sometimes unreasonable fights. <laughs> but you see, why am I asking you this question? What matters in your life so much that you are willing to pick a fight for in 2020? What matters so much in your life that this 2020, I'm taking off my jacket. I'm picking a fight. What matters more? You, you see, when you pick the right fight, your light shines brighter. It shines brighter. I, I mean, I know some of you are like, okay, pastor, I mean, I'm thinking, what could it be? Let me help you. Quickly, quickly. Uh, uh, um, 
12 things that, you know, I just, I mean, try to pick our brains so that we get started. Number one, am I going to fight for better health? All this eating Ogbono and starch at 11 p.m. All this not waking up and walking out. Am I going to fight for a better health? Am I going to fight so that I'll be stronger to play with my children? Some people can't even play with their children. They always send their children away because they don't have the energy levels to cope. Am I going to fight for a better health? What am I going to fight for? Quickly, what are you going to fight for? Are you going to fight for a closer walk with God this year? Are you going to fight for a closer walk with God? Are you going to face the things that are making you far away from God? What are you going to fight for? Are you going to fight for a great marriage this year? What are you going to fight for? Are you going to fight for strong children this year? Are you going to be personally involved with discipling your children and training your children and making sure they are strong? Are you going to fight for it? Are you going to give your children away to culture and allow the culture to destroy them? Or they are going to know they have a mother. They are going to know they have a father. What are you going to fight for this year? Are you going to fight for spiritual growth? Are you going to begin to take the journey? Are you going to begin to do NCR. Read your Bible. Join a life group. What are you going to fight for? Number six, are you going to fight to get out of debt? Are you going to say 2020, I'm going to be debt free? That's if you're in any kind of debt. What are you going to fight for? What are you going to fight for? Are you going to fight for your daily time with God? Are you going to fight? What are you going to fight for? Are you going to fight for your career or for your business? Are you just going to accept they don't like me in this office? Are you going to say no? I'm going to be the best and the best get promoted. Or are you going to just fold your hands and roll back and pass away? What are you going to fight for? Are you going to fight for victory over fear? What are you going to fight for this year, 2020? Are you going to fight for authenticity? Before now, you've been a fake person. But you've been coming to God's favorite house and you're seeing everybody is genuine and authentic. You are the only one. You are the fake. Are you going to say, this 2020, I'm going to be authentic? What are you going to fight for? Number 11, are you going to fight for anti-corruption? Are you going to say, no more egunje? Are you going to fight for it? Anti-corruption. Corruption, even in our home. School fees is X amount. You know the, the, the story? The child tells the mother, school fees is, let's just say school fees, or, or the project, something that there's no um, receipt for, you can say you can get the invoice for the school fees. There's a project, the project is 10K. The mother says to the boy, ah, you know that you cannot tell your daddy, thank you. You don't tell daddy, thank you. You know, that thing we have to do. So, it is 30K. If we slash it. We know him. So, you tell daddy, it is 30K. Daddy says, 30K. Mm. You should take 25 and leave me alone. Gives 25. Can you see the chain of corruption? That is corrupt. How is it corrupt? If the project is 30K, you should give 30K. <laughs> Why are you giving 25? You see, you are giving 25. You are, you are encouraging inflated budgets. You may need to do some groundwork to make sure that you get to a lean budget. The actual budget. You may need to train your family to tell the truth. Mommy's corrupt. 
Junior is corrupt. Then we face the president. We face the leaders. I say they are corrupt politicians. They are corrupt. Well, I'm not saying you are corrupt. You are not corrupt, Abby. God bless you. Number 12, and I can go on and on. I mean, on that field, number 12. What am I going to fight for? What am I going to fight for this year? What am I going to fight for? What am I going to fight for? Because the truth is this every time, every time you win the battle over selfishness, your light shines brighter. Every time you win the battle over bitterness, your light shines brighter. Every time you win the battle over shortcuts, your light shines brighter. Every time. Every time. Let's burn our hearts. Let's burn our heads. Rain, Jesus, rain. Rain, Jesus, rain. King of Zion, Judas Lion, rain, Jesus, rain. While the music of that song is going on, with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, I want to pray with you today. You're like, Pastor, I need the light of God in my life. I need God's light. Can you pray with me? I want to pray with you. Should I come forward? You don't need to come forward. I will pray with you wherever you are seated. Pastor, pray with me right now. I need God's light. Or I used to be with God and I'm away from God. I need God's light anyhow. Put up your hands now over your head and Jesus will come into your life and reign. God bless you, my sister. God bless you. There's a hand there. There's another hand over there. There's another hand over there. Another hand over here. That is me. That corner. Another hand. I see that hand. God bless you. I, I want to surrender my life to him. God bless you. That hand over there. Another one over there, right in front. God bless you. That is me. Put up that hand. Once you have the card, you can put down your hand. That is all I ask of you. Even at this time. Pastor, pray with me. Put up your hand over your head. I will pray together. King of Zion. Put it up over your head, not on your head, over it. I will pray together. God bless you, right here in front. God bless you. That is me, Pastor. Jesus. Oh, you are King of Zion. Jesus. we thank you for everyone that is surrendering to you today we ask that your light will shine into their hearts oh God change these lives totally and let your name be glorified every one of us Lord let us overpower selfishness the grace to overpower bitterness the grace to overpower shortcuts give unto us honor and glory we give unto you Lord In Jesus' mighty name, we are afraid. Amen. Let's put our hands together.